This is Abnormal Entertainment. Two, three, four. Walked into the tunnel just to find the light. Hunted for old demons looking for a fight. Looked up at the stars, seemed to go forever. There must be a way it all fits together. Fell into the quicksand, held on to the vines. Never cook white color, stay within the lines. Feel like I have wings, I can fly wherever. This is just the way it all fits together. Finally saw the world through rose-colored glasses. Gonna share my journey to small and large masses. Give up on my life, no sir, me never. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. Hey everybody, this is Daniel Garza and welcome to another episode of Put It Together. I'd like to start as usual thanking my producer, Mr. Kevin Moyers, for all his help and support. Thank you, sir. Go check us out at normalentertainment.com where you can find all the shows on the network. Go check that out. Today, I'm excited. We're... Uh, we're here in, in what's Venice, basically, right? Venice. Venice. Yeah. Um, it's a rainy day. It's horrible. I almost canceled because I was sitting at home under the blankets. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Tommy and say, do you mind? <laughs> but it took me this long to get you. So I was like, no, I'm not going to miss the opportunity. How are you doing, sir? Great. Great. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, beautiful place your friend has here. Yes. Uh, can, we, can we name him to crack? Judd Dunning. We uh we crashed this place, but he's got a beautiful place. Yeah. Not to mention his wife. She she's she's stunning. Yes. She's got this really cool retro vibe look. For those of you that know me, like I would turn in my gay card. <laughs> That's the kind of lady that I'm like she knows style, she knows she look good, but she's humble enough to let you say mm. it first. <laughs> so I love it. Um how's your trip? How are you doing? Good. You know, they're beautiful people because I make people beautiful. Yes. That's really what I do as a self-certified life coach. Awesome. Uh, you know, I've had my own Vegas shows on the Las Vegas Strip uh, at a residency at the Stratosphere and the Tropicana, and I gave that all up, the material wealth, to become Charlie Sheen's spiritual advisor. Wow. Okay, well, hold on to that, because that would be like, <laughs> all right, well, that's, we'll that's already like a story in itself. But before we get there, uh, just so we know, you are a life coach. I anointed myself. Right. Which I anointed myself as a life coach. Which in Hollywood, too. I mean, doesn't everybody just yes. throw a name on? I'm and I, I have found that if you say anything with confidence, <laughs> you will get a following. Yes. And... I believe it's better to have false hope than no hope at all. <laughs> That's my theme. Well, I started telling people that I was a producer 10 years ago, and I finally produced stuff like years later, and I was like, all right, I, it's already comfortable in the tongue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you play the role, and it happens. It manifests. Well, I want folks to get your story, so I'm not going to waste too much time. All, all I'm going to tell them is because they usually want to know how I found you is... 
I do spiritual coaching, so uh, you and I have not had a chance to talk previously, but I'm a Reiki master, so I do spiritual coaching. It's it's uh, readings and energy work, and so I guide people. So I was looking for somebody to mentor or to somebody to follow, and your name popped up on one of my Google searches, and I was like, oh, he looks like he knows what he's doing. And you did, and I'm going to say this with all respect, you didn't look that, you didn't have that polished look that like a Tony Robbins has, that you can, I, 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 I really can't stand him. But I was like, this guy looks like he's, he's lived stuff and he could tell me how to survive. So when I clicked on your videos, I quickly caught on and you'll talk about this, I'm sure. And I was like, he's twisted. I need him on my show. I need to be friends with this guy. So, uh... Tommy Lama, tell us. Well, unlike Tony Robbins, who sells out thousands of dollars in stadiums and all that stuff, I uh, start at the Motel 6, the parking lot. <laughs> and, and if I'm good enough, you never know. It could be the Econo Lodge. <laughs> hey, you get, you could get the uh, international breakfast in the morning. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hook you up. I know all the ins and outs. So yes, when you say I've lived, I've lived. Yeah. I know all the ins and outs. And uh, I have to say is that I have, throughout my life, the reason how my comedy became to be is because I've been exposed to all these healers. So like, there is a basis to my, there's a foundation to the work I do, um, energy healers I, I've worked with, oh, numerologists, wow. psychics, Kabbalists, you name it, the whole gamut, hmm. you know. So, uh, you know, when I used to listen to um, Dale Carnegie cassettes back in the day, and see, sometimes the spirit world <laughs> interferes. It, this is, this is, uh, yeah. this is mystical. Is that you? No, no. It's Judd's. Oh, okay. So I'm sure it'll stop. I, I'm, it'll I, stop. I rarely have guests that come with musical, a band. It's my angels. Let's, let's, for, for, for the sake of, of your greatness, let's say you've yes. got your own band to do uh, ins and outs. It would be Enya. I come out to Enya. Did you? Afroventus <laughs> is the song. And I come out, a lot of strippers come really? out to that. Yeah. I love strippers. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I come out to Afroventus. It's just, it's just spectacular. Yeah. I come out. When I was in Vegas, I'm skipping up. I had, I had my disciples come out and like put flowers before me and do a dance and then they would introduce me. Wow. On stage. Now, now this I'm, is a life changing event. If I could, if it was legal, I'd come out on an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> if it was legal. Some states. Yeah, 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 states. yeah, yeah. We're not in that state, but yes. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to start from your beginning of your story. Yes, so, Tom, so, tell us there is no beginning. How you put it together? Uh, so, I've been exposed to all these energy healings and uh, healers, and uh, and this is and I, I was introduced to one. It started uh, many many years ago. I uh, had a girlfriend who said, "You just need to meet this person," and I, I didn't know what. I just did it because I'm always for the risk. Right. And I went to meet her and she was an energy healer. And then I got into the, then I became all aware of the new age world, the chimes, the symbols, the, the reikis. I've done, I've dealt with shamans. All, so all this stuff, um, 
is my foundation. Really? And the highest level of self-actualization is not taking yourself seriously. And a lot of some people, they take, when you take yourself too seriously, you cannot laugh. You cannot laugh. You become too strict. You become too stagnant. Uh, where you, if you can't poke at yourself, you know, we're all fallible. And the thing is, so what I do is I teach through humor. So even though everything I do is humorous, there's lessons to be learned. No, twisted as they may be. No, definitely. I, I have been to several workshops and events and a couple of conferences for uh, spiritual healing and connecting and I'm, I'm me. I come in with jokes. There's, I poke fun at everything and you bump into people who are so serious that they don't, I don't believe they get the messages because they can't connect with, they, they're not grounded enough. That's, mm-hmm. that's the word I was using, right? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so I, I get you on that. Yeah. So, you know, I'll get people that who are, as the awareness builds in people, uh, my act will, you know, it, it, the act will even reach higher, uh, you know, summits. Uh, it's, 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 but the people who are not yet, uh, there yet, uh, and, and not in touch with themselves, uh, they could get offended by such an act, you know, cause how dare you make fun of this? How dare you not even have fun with this? Not even making. I'm not even. I'm not mocking anything. Well, because uh, I want. I want to hear. But I, I get that. I've been to support groups or um, advocacy groups where for cancer, because my audience knows about my cancer, and it's, it was anal cancer. So I walk in and, and usually say, "What's what are the odds that a gay man would get anal cancer?" And I it's freaking hilarious. But most people were looking like, how dare you? I'm like, hey, I, I, I went through it. Like, I suffered it. I, I can make fun of it. I own it. I own it. I can make fun of it now. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. You know, and, and the climate we're in, everyone is so serious and so sensitive as martyrs for others. We're, you know, or you know, it's just, um, you just, because we're coming when you don't take your, when you take yourself too seriously, you failed. You lack you lack any awareness. So speaking of that, it's it's usually said, and I mentioned to you in, in our little pre pre uh, interview. I just launched. I did my first stand up class, and I launched it. We have a mutual friend, uh, Matt, Matt Moore, Moore, baby. Matt Moore, I love Matt Moore. He's the one that gave me permission, un, unbeknown to him. To just be out there. Just take your comedy to that level and people will follow you. Uh, to not be completely safe with what I said and just let it, let it simmer in people's brains and it's beautiful. Um, but having done that first class and, and November 3rd, I will remember that date forever was my stand-up debut. I've learned that a lot of my comedy came from the darkest places that I have. And I don't know if it's because they were sitting there waiting for me to play with them and bring them out to light, or it was just their time. I, I really understand. Where does your comedy come from? Where does this? Where does Tommy Lama get his material? Where does he, does that make sense? The Tommy Lama likes to toy with the audience. 
likes to play games. It's, it's, uh, you know, some would say a mind fuck. Uh, you know, I would say a mind fuck in a very Disney way. But, uh, uh, I like to fuck around. I like to, you know, it's fuckery. You know, uh, even as a, as a student, I would go up and the teacher wasn't looking and I would read my compositions in my essays, uh, make faces while the teacher's taking notes about listening and, I, and the whole class is cracking up while I'm making cra- faces that don't match with what I'm reading, a history passage. And the teacher would yell at the class to stop laughing at me and like the next one that does it is going to get suspended. And people get suspended as they continue to do it. Or whatever. Or get a demerit, whatever. So, and I always had that in me to play. I like to play. I like to play. So, do you agree that we... Is it a cover-up or is it our need to entertain? Here's what I got to tell you. I mean... When I was seven years old and I saw like old reruns of Danny Kay or, okay. or Jerry Lewis or Robin Williams or Steve yeah. Martin on TV, I, I wanted to do that. So I don't, you know, um, because I, 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 I want, I, I, I suppressed it. Uh, but as a seven year old, I wanted, like when I saw that on TV, I wanted to do it. Cause not everybody has that. Darkness. Like again, my audience knows my story. Uh, being molested when I was a kid, there, there, there was definitely something that simmered, and then I had to make fun of. Right. Um, being diagnosed with AIDS when I was in my thirties, there's definitely a, a need for me to to light that up because I obviously I survived. Disclaimer, spoiler alert: I'm still alive. Uh, there's a, a, a need for me to make that, but some comics are just funny. Well, I mean. I- I mean, I, I grew up in a single parent household, so I didn't have a father figure. So I don't, maybe that's part of the chemical equation. You know, you see, you see something you like, and then I, I'm just saying, right, uh, right. you know, if we're going to go with that, it's possible. I haven't really introspected yeah. that deeply yet. We don't want to go out there. We don't want to go out there. I'm pulling out my counseling uh, tools here. Let's talk, Tommy. What do you feel? No, no, no. Let's not go that direction. So, uh, so you started, basically, I guess your career started in school. Yes, I was the class clown. I mean, I would dress up. I mean, I would do, I was just a practical, I just, yeah, I was always acting up in school. You know, uh, where I'd uh, come up with water guns back in the day where I, you know, where you wouldn't get arrested. Right. I would I would have someone call the teacher out into the office to, to, to lure him out. And I'd come in, I'd shoot up the class with water guns. And then I had lookouts when he's coming back, and then they would jump out the window. And the class was in stitches and laughing, and he came back. You know, it's just like this kind of creative, not that it was anything genius, but, but the point right. is, I, uh, I was always thinking of ways to create laughter and, and, and humor. And as I'm reflecting as we're talking right now, because I haven't done this, because I don't sit with myself and ask myself why I am the way I am, but... So I became a comedian when I went through, uh, okay, so I'm cutting away. That's but, fine. but, uh, I went to, I was, I, I'm a lawyer, by the way. Oh. I'm, I'm licensed in Connecticut and, and, and New York. 
However, I, I, I don't practice because it's not something I, I, I want to do or I have no intention. So you're East Coast? I'm East Coast. I was East Coast, yeah. Because uh, the accent was... Yeah, the, the French always fools people. But so I didn't like being a uh, law student. I didn't like it, but I'm not a quitter. So I, I wish I did, but that's another point. I would have, you know, fully committed to the... But it's all, everything's for a reason. But... I went to Marine Corps during, I wanted to become, I convinced myself, what can I do with this law degree that's sexy? Cause I don't want to be, I, I'm not like these people. I didn't fit in. I'm not like them. And I said, I'm going to become a judge advocate general wow. for the Marines, but you have to go to boot camp. So they offered me a split summer program where you do one, uh, one summer, uh, basic training and then the second summer, and I figured it'd get me in shape to go to off- officer boot camp. I went to enlisted man. So they offered me this because I was a law student. I'm a catch. So they offered me this deal. They don't offer these deals to anyone. Wow. I'm a big catch for a recruiter, a law student. So after my first year of law school, I went to boot camp. And I would make the recruits laugh because I had nothing to like. Like I, 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 I was this, that was my self discovery. I, I, I'm not a Marine, by the way. I didn't graduate. Okay. I didn't graduate. I was, I was a troublemaker, but in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> and I would make the recruits laugh. I would, I would make the drill instructors laugh. And the, the thing is, the drill instructors, they're trying, you know, they're training people to for wars here. Right. And you can't have this. So they would, and they liked me. That was the dilemma. Like they, but they had to punish the kid. They, you know, so. They would try to turn the recruits against me by giving me ice cream while they do push-ups in the sand, in the sand pits to turn them against me. Cause you savage so funny. Well, let's see how funny he is. He's an ice cream savage. And then more push-ups, more push-ups. How is good that ice cream? So, so they're doing that. And, and, and actually they wanted to have, uh, there was two guys, but I was very popular, but, there was two guys in there that their father was in the Marine, and I'm making a mind in their grand grand grandpappy. We go, uh, we're gonna take the law, so they wanted to plan a blanket party for me. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. If you watched enough movies, that's where uh, the recruits take the law into their own hands because they're getting punished a lot for oh, a okay. recruit that's either problematic or slow or whatever. Right. And they, I think they put soap in the blanket and they, they, uh, but it was called off because they, they were, they were outnumbered. I was, you know, but that was in the plots. I, wow. I, I was in the plots. Yeah. And they just like, you know, they whack you, right. you know, but it, that didn't happen. Um, however, be that as that it may, uh, I had a week and a half to go. Yeah. A week and a half to go and being from Brooklyn. Uh, I'm sure there are Brooklyn people who can, I never learned how to swim at the time. So the way they teach you, I can't learn like that. You know, you learn as a child, as a baby, you can't, you can't go with your M16A2 and your, and your flak <laughs> helmet and your, and, and all that with the boots. You go. No, I said, I can't. And then I, 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 I said, I'm, I'm gonna drag you with me. And I was telling the, 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 the lifeguard, don't, don't I, can't, I'm not, I can't do it like this. I mean, give me a kiddie pool, something first, with, with, with wings, with wings, something. I can't, I can't with this yelling. I can't do it. So, I drag him down, 
they, they, they didn't, tr- they, I mean, they, like, that pissed them off because they could have, you know, hold me down, you know, just to give me a, you know. Right. But I, wh- whatever. Right. So here's the deal. I go to the off, administrator's office and they say to me, look, uh, you have two choices. You could either get left back, so you go to the squadron before you and redo the swimming uh, uh, obstacle thing. Right. And then move ahead, but you're going to have to take a leave of absence from law school. So I opted to, it was in my contract that nothing could interfere with law school. So I got out, I walked out. Nothing, no, no, uh, what's this say? Um, Nothing lost, nothing. Nothing, no, no, it's like it never happened. It's not, I was never a Marine. There was, and it's not, what's it called? It's nothing, it's not an honorable discharge. It's not a dishonorable discharge. It's not anything. Ten years were never here. Never happened, never happened. But you still walked away with some knowledge of. Okay, yes. Now here's what happened. So now I'm down to 174. I mean, I mean, the best Uh, I've ever been. 24. And then, uh, I, uh, so I'm walking out, and then my drone, one of my drone sisters said, Sabbath, I hear you're leaving during the next great war while your unfortunate wife is next to you with her child watching the next great war. You're gonna, your child's gonna look up to your blue eyes, and you're gonna say, I could have been a Marine. You're a failure, Sabbath. And you're a failure for your unfortunate wife. But one more thing, don't be a lawyer, be a comedian. And that gave me the impetus to pursue stand-up comedy in my second year of law school. And as I was leaving, the recruits formed a circle, and each individually, these 19, I'm 24, so these 19-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids coming up to me, thank you, uh, without you, I wouldn't have been able to get through this, except for the two dicks. Right. (laughs) The two dicks that wanted it. The two dicks. They always think they can stand on their own, whatever. But, uh, where are they now? Where yeah, yeah, are they I now? don't know. I don't know where they are. You're the two dicks. We want to know where, where are these <laughs> So, so, and they that came up so and cool. they said, they thanked you because I gave them the levity. I gave them, so I, that's what propelled me to, that was the catalyst for me. And then, so uh, during my second year of law school, I'm in New York City doing the, doing the clubs. Wow. That, I'm going through an emotional stage. I think I'm going through menopause. <laughs> but that has got to be one of the coolest moments because we, we, we look, it's been proven that we look for some kind of comedic relief in some of the most hardest and tragic times. To For these 19-year-old kids, that's probably the first time they're going through something that hard. Oh, my God. Away it, from family? It was intense. But I, I got to tell you, for me, because I'm crazy, it was the funniest summer I've ever had. I mean, the, the shit that comes out of these drill instructors' mouths, they're insults, they're creative insults that they come up with. And I can't, I couldn't stop laughing. I, I never took, you know, and I'm lucky because if it was, to tell you the truth, I'm lucky. I, I had a very intelligent squadron that, I, that that were in charge of me. If I was in the wrong ones, uh, I, I could have been cruising for a big bruising. <laughs> Believe me, there, there were other uh, drill instructors that do not have the uh, capacity for flexibility. Got it. Uh, yeah. Of course, in my head, all I'm thinking really about is you had this circle of Marines around you. My gay, my gay met mine is going... 
That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really not as that. <laughs> let me let me live with that. In my head. Of course, my listeners are going. You're such. You're so gay. It's not yeah. so sexy though with the with the open stalls. It is one of the videos that I've seen. So okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, there's no privacy. There's no uh, privacy for anything. You're not making it worse. For yeah, me. Right, no, no, no. Thank you. Well, I, I just <laughs> compare it. You know, I in my I like a little mystery. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I, you know, they can keep the hat on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep the hat on. <laughs> so you're hitting uh, the clubs. About what year is this? Okay, so I'm in the clubs 94. 94. So 90s, uh, we think of, there was a lot of really good comedians out in the 90s. I mean, TV was eating them up, putting comedians on TV. And uh, what I'm trying to get to is, how, what was it like to be a stand-up comedy com- comic in the 90s in New York? Okay, so I missed all the good, like... When I started in the, um, yeah, I think it was mid nineties, late nineties, whatever, whatever. It's ninety, ninety something. But uh, um, I missed the uh, the boom. Okay, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I missed the golden like where comedians from the eighties were like bad comedians, good comedians. They were getting paid uh, hundreds and not thousands of dollars at Barney Shityard. Or you know, and then and, and and crazy stories. Some would get paid in drugs or whatever. Right. I mean, it was a crazy time. Uh, so I missed all that. I so when I started, uh, it was it was the, the, the decline. Oh, it, the the, the you know it was on the magazines. It's comedy. I think it was it was one of the, I don't know if it was Time magazine or one of those magazines. Yeah. Is comedy stand up comedy dead? Like right. that that was on the covers. So it was on the uh, okay. on the decline. So you showed up and you're like I'm here, and they're like, uh, "Party's over, dude." <laughs> no, I missed all the parties. Got it. I missed all the yeah, parties. For those of you who are young, because uh, I'm 48, so the 90s I was in my 20s, and I remember just the beginning of the 90s was when all these comedians were going. I mean, they would hit the stage, and like six months later, they were on TV, and right. everybody was doing their thing. And yeah, uh, so I missed that. Okay. I missed that. So how was I missed, it? Yeah. So how was it for you coming in? Well, it well the thing is, it was uh, blind ambition, uh, blind uh, belief. Uh, you know, youth uh, invincibility. Uh, so you know, when you don't get something, you don't know what you're missing. So that's that, that's what I got to tell you. Like it's there's nothing to take away from me. Right. So. Uh, you know, I did what I did. I produced my own shows. I had, uh, shows going on at, I was industrious. I had shows at Caroline's on Broadway. Okay. Boston Comedy Club, which is no longer there in the village. Uh, New York Comedy Club. And, uh, so I was having stuff going. I was producing. I was producing. I was so, uh, because in the beginning you need s- stage time. Right. Okay. So either uh, someone has to like you. To get it, you know, it's very difficult to get into these clubs or you speak to the owner's pockets. Now you got stage time because you got your own show and now you're in that club or clubs per se. You're getting spots now. So it worked for me on a multi-level. What were your, your first sets about? What were you? Oh, totally about? different. Totally, totally different. You know, it was experimental. It was, uh, 
you know, learn, you know, you don't find, I mean, it takes five plus years to, to, to find a voice. And then not only did I find a voice in five plus years, I changed my voice <laughs> like 10 years, another five years later. So, um, it's a lot of transformation. I think the first five years is just, uh, you just going into the sandbox and playing and see what sandcastles come out. And, Cause really you don't know. Because this is really a learning experience. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, it's to play. It's laboratory time. Have fun. Take your sh- pail and shovel and play. Cause, uh, and, and not to mention the fact that we're talking about very different political climates. Yes. Um, yes. Politically correct yes. climates. Yes. Uh, the 90s were a time when I remember in my 20s going to, I lived in Dallas, going to shows and... Well, for people who don't know me, face Hispanic, gay. I was a drinker. I was a, I was a drug addict back then. Like every joke they said fit me, and I ate it up. It was so cool. I don't hear those much anymore, right. obviously. Right. But how freeing was it with all of your your life journey up until then to be able to just share it with no censors? You know, I think there's always censor. No, there was always some censor. There's always has been censors. Okay. There's always, it's just, the censors have shifted. Um, look, I mean, uh, back in the day, if you're in the, if you're doing the Bible belt and you, you start talking about Jesus or saying, you know, you're going to offend people. Right. You're going to, you know, so there's always, it, it, it's also region, age group. So you always had, so now the emphasis has shifted elsewhere. That's all. There's always people getting offended. You know, uh, people get offended by sex. Even back then, you know, depending on the audience you're performing for, like, like say you were doing the elderly and you're talking about sex, they're going to get offended. So it really is, and I think with the advent of social media, so it's more pronounced now because everyone has an opinion and everyone is an authority. So it's just louder. You know, but there's always been just certain things have sh- um, you were more free to do than you are now, and vice versa. Hmm. You know, so let's say you know racial stereotypes, which you would be able to do with uh, reckless abandon or uh, women jokes. Hmm. Uh, now, and you could still do them. It just depends who your audience is. Got it. Got it. Because there's still, I mean. There's audiences out there. I just keep thinking, like, as a, as a Latino, and I was born in Mexico, raised in Texas, so I love Tex-Mex jokes. I, I always say I'm, I'm an original Tex-Mex. My dad was Texan and my mom was Mexican. Not that funny for me. Okay, well, that's funny in my head. But uh, I like, I love a good gay joke. I love the fact that we are, there are stereotypes and, and, you want to make fun of them. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's making sense in any way, but... Uh, well, I, I feel that if we're equals, then we're comfortable enough to poke fun with one another. Yeah. Uh, if, I, if I feel you're a victim, then, you know, this is just advocating superiority, that we have to be gentle with our victim friend, or, you know, whatever ethnic group is considered a victim. We can't joke with them. They're special. Yeah, you that know. Was, in fact, speaking of of Matt Moore, that was one thing that he taught in the class that stuck in my head is if I mock myself first and I, I make you realize all the defects that I have on me, then it's easier to just put it all out there and, and make fun of everything because I haven't come in with a superiority concept and be like, I'm awesome. I'm gonna make fun of you. 
Right. Versus look at what a mess I am. Now let's all laugh together. Right. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, self-deprecation. Yeah, and, there yeah. you go. I was trying to find the right word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're you're hitting the you're hitting the payment basically, and you're hitting the clubs. Um, any regrets at any point, any time during that that you said I I've got to go back to law school? This no, my only regret is that I have a regret, and my regret is, well, it's a. You know, okay, I'm going to say it's a double-edged sword. I was able, I have, I was able to build my act, and that's the beauty of doing the road. But if I was to turn back time, I would have gone out for auditions. For, <laughs> t, you know, for TV and, and had that compliment what I was doing. Stay in the city more and not do the road as much, because I'm a road dog. However, there is good that came out of the road dogging. A lot of things happened out of it. So, but if you're, you're asking me the regret in that, not law. law. My regret in law is going to law school to begin with. At all. No, you see, I really even can't even say that because it's knowledge. The, everything, and, and if I didn't go to law school, would have gone to the Marines to become a kid. I mean, everything I do is a, uh, 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 has a ripple effect. And it led me here. So, you know what? I really can't say it is what it is, you know, uh, but, if you're making me pick one, yeah, I, 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 I would have gone on the road less. Cause knowing you now in person, like I could totally see like this comedic version of JAG per se or NCIS where you're the lead guy with just munching down on people and tearing them apart. Cause with that accent and, and your look, I would be like, you would be hilarious as like the, and I, I was always like, uh, I, I, I'm good with acting. You know, I, I have a range that, and I'm good with it. And I, I, I wish I would have explored it more. Not that it's not over, but I'm yeah. just saying going back, that's the only thing that is, I'm not fulfilled. Well, if any producers are out there listening, <laughs> this is the pitch. Drill sergeant <laughs> with a law degree. But on a funny side, like like the like the male version of like what was it, um, Private Benjamin kind of thing. But anyway, I can see. We'll talk after because I want I we have to write this down. I want credit. I want creative credit. Um, so you, I, 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 there's so much to you. I don't want to move. I don't want to miss. You anything. do. You do. You do. You um, take you whatever. Again, talking about the '90s, and we we. we there was definitely that shift that happened during, um, we know because uh, Desert Storm was early in the 90s. So, yeah, so when I went, I was in between war. There was no, we were always at war somewhere. Right. But there was no, it was between the first and second Gulf War. Okay. First Gulf War was over. So this was the, it was a period of calm right. when I went. Uh, but let's not talk about war. I want to move yeah. it forward. Uh, you leave school. Yeah. You're traveling all over the place. Mm -hmm. You're single. Mm -hmm. uh, late 20s by this yeah. point. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it like on the road for a comedian? Well, as in your 20s, it's freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Once again, I understand why I did the road. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. 
It's a lot of fun. I mean, especially when you're 20s. Oh, my God, it was great. So it was great. What did a typical night? Anything. Anything could happen. Was there anything could happen. Was there a typical normal night? Or was Some be- crazy stuff, man. So, you know, there could be normal nights, but sometimes there's not. You know? I mean, you just meet some crazy people, wind up in crazy situations, and... You know, uh, it's exciting and, um, uh, you, I mean, uh, you know, and, uh, you're in a place you've never been to before and people want to show you, I mean, especially if you have a good set, people want to show you around. You're like the, the local hero, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, and through the years I built friendships everywhere, you know, everywhere, you know, in most, in most parts. So like I know people, like if I travel, I'm not, it's all, I could call places my home is what I'm saying. I could always, my own little family. As much as, and I say that I'm, I'm trying to figure out how old you are. You don't have to say it if you don't want to, but I'm ageless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The hardships of, of, cause I, I realize how much fun it can be. Cause I remember my twenties. I was a bartender in my twenties too. So yeah, you're always popular if you're a bartender. Yeah. Never mind if you're the comedian. Cause I remember being a bartender and meeting comedians that came to town. Everybody, everybody loves that new comedian smell. Yeah. Cause you get, you, you want to take them everywhere. They're going to be funny. And the drunker you get, the more funny they are. And all your friends are so jealous. And, um, but there is that other side to it. Being on the road on your own. Um. Well, you know, I would circumvent that often. Not not all the time. You know, when you're headlining, when I became a headliner or a closer, sometimes you're able to bring your openers. Okay. So, you're not, so that really diffuses a lot. So you're going, so you're going with someone you like. You're not alone. Okay. You know, no, no, but so, sometimes. And sometimes you're alone. Yeah, it's lonely. It can be lonely. Yeah. And it, it could be very depressing. It could be very depressing. The isolation. Uh, you know, you're in a, you're in freaking Manitoba, Canada for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. You, it, it's, it, 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 just sitting. I feel, I feel your pain. Yeah. It's like, uh, like, you know. I'm in this, I'm in this, I'm I'm staying at this nuclear fallout, you know, where the hills have eyes. Dear. Yeah, yeah. Where the banjos in the middle of the night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's that place where you stopped at the wrong gas station. You should have kept on moving. It's where you, uh, uh, don't buy the jerky. (laughs) You don't know where you Don't buy the jerky. jerky, For the people listening, my audience knows how my interview, for those of you who are, uh, Tommy Lama followers. It's not that I'm completely naive to what's going on in the world and people traveling. Just I'm 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 really ignorant to what a comedian's travel journey looks like. And now that I've dabbled a little bit, at least once, I'm curious. Like I'm in my 40s. I'm, I'm never going to be in my 20s traveling as a comedian ever. It's not going to happen. But I can live it through somebody else's eyes and see what that. And everybody's story obviously is going to be different, right? Um, I have had some of the comedians on the show who who do talk about the hardships of, of being in their twenties and really not knowing what they were doing out on the road and getting caught in trouble and then going, "I'm just going to go home now." Uh, and they still made it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But 
listening to your story, like things, there is this really beautiful coincidence that the universe just put all these really wonderful things in your life unbeknownst to you at the moment, maybe. Yes, and, conti and, c and continues to do so. Is that, is that a better uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's leading me to things I, ne I never knew, thought I was going to have ever two shows of my own in Vegas. On the strip. Right. I, I never thought, like, it's crazy. I went to law school. How am I, how is this happening? <laughs> and I went to, like, I was, I was, and how did I get to law school? Like, what business did I do? <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. So let's change the nar narrative of the show and go, what level of faith or, or confidence in, in, in the universe do, do you have that you just like, okay, door open. The, when I surrender, that's the best. When I surrender and let the, you know, and you see, when we have expectations, uh, that's when you get depressed, you get angry, you get frustrated. And, and, and I, I, you know, I, I, the weirdest, the, the strangest people give me the best s spiritual advice for me. Like, I, I, I get facials. You know, I get, hey. and my facialist goes, Tommy, remember, live in the moment. The moment. Just be, enjoy. Are you okay now? Yes. Right this second? Yes. It's distress. It's the worrying what's going to happen next. And I find that when you surrender and give up, it's e easier said than done. Things happen. Where did you learn that? Or uh, did you? Uh, by giving up. <laughs> and, I, and, 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 I, I, and then things happen. I, I, from watching it. I didn't do it on purpose. Cause I, I gave up. I've given up many times. And then beautiful things happen. I'll give you the condensed version of how. I'm, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I love to work. Mainly because I've been given a lot of opportunities by the universe and God. For those of you, I'm Catholic, I'm Catholic and, and God has come to me several times and goes, this seems hard, trust me. And I'm like, all right, dude, like you've got me through all these with beautiful gifts at the end, why not? Uh, the quickness version of the story is, when I was diagnosed, I was 30 years old. A year later, uh, I was going to support group. I dreamt that I that God came to me I was not diagnosed in my dream and said, I have this gift for you. And I was like, well, what is it? He goes, it's kind of hard. It's going to be tough. People are going to like turn your backs on you. It's going to be struggles. But I'm going to give you AIDS. And I was, in my dream, I was like, well, why are you giving me this? If it's going to be tough. And he was like, if anybody of my children can handle this, it's you. And I believe you'll do wonderful things with it. Mm. And in my dream, I was like, well, if it's a gift from you, it, it's I have to accept it. Like, yes, whatever you want me to do. Fast forward 18 years later, I'm working on these really awesome campaigns. I've met amazing people. Um, I'm on my Facebook page. Uh, for those of you, HIV Positive Life, go check it out. Uh, I'm talking to people from South Africa, from the Philippines, from Brazil. Thank you, Google Translator, because mm. I translate everything. And I'm having these conversations. I'm giving them suggestions and information on HIV from around the world. And like you, I'm like, how the fuck? How the fuck does the little Mexican college dropout end up educating people around the world? And I believe, oh, by the way, they kicked me out of that support group when I mentioned that story. They didn't want me back. But just like you said right now, and that, that's what comment I told like, because I sit back every day at the end of the day and go, how the fuck 
and I and I, I I cry sometimes. I'm like, there is no way. If you saw me on paper, people would be like, you're, you're bullshitting me. That's not that didn't happen. That's not a real person's life. Does that ever happen to you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, I know it's a lot. I said, it yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, to all of that. Uh, just, uh, yeah. I mean, I just I believe that. Here's what I think. I think that the universe has laid out a a diagram for our path, but we have a lot of flexibility within that parameter um, to tilt the outcomes differently, uh, adjust it. But I think there's a general roadmap in that we, uh, uh, depending on what what choice, it's like a choose your own adventure book. I don't know if you remember those. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So there's a main there's a main storyline, but depending what choice you make, yes. the the story could end, or it could you could make it last a little yeah. longer, depending yeah. on the passages you choose. And if you the millennials that, don't know what we're talking about. And if you about. survive that, you could add to it. Yes, you, you could read another just, story. Yeah, yeah you can read another, okay. so that's what we that's what we live in. The choose your own adventure. Yeah, because uh, again, just today, this morning, my my boyfriend had a procedure done. So he's he's home sleeping. So I was like, and it's raining horribly, and, I'm, and I, I was finding excuses to not have to leave the house. But I I suffer from anxiety too, so I was getting anxious because my voices in my head kept telling me, "Who are you to go interview this guy? Like, how dare you, like, go interview Tommy? Like, like, have you earned the mm. right to do that?" And then the other side of me was like, "The universe was like, are you fucking kidding me?" Like, we we worked the dates out for you because we went back and forth on dates and times. The universe is like going, I worked my ass to get this interview for you. You better go, fucker. So here I am. Um, By the way, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. I just letting you know. You're thank very you. good. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, it's just a conversation. There's, yeah. really, there's no agenda to the mm -hmm. conversation. Um, other than sometimes I want to get dirt on people, but it usually never happens. Um I guess I, since we changed the narrative, I did want to know, I wanted to know like all the dirt on traveling in the 90s. But as I'm listening to you again, I, I said this in the second segment, it just seems like things, like the doors, you weren't even knocking on doors. Doors were just like, somebody left the keys on the door of their house and they're like, but they're not even, in. they're like invisible keys. Like they're yeah. not even, they're like accidental. Trapdoor keys that you, you, you know, like, um, in those secret fireplaces. <laughs> like, like, you accidentally touch it on the wall. That's how, I don't, I'm not giving keys. I'm accidentally touching things. Um, and it leads me to the separate room. And I, and I guess we, this is a beautiful moment to, to like, show people or, or talk to people that are listening. If you just give it up. Right. And I gotta remind myself to do that because it's, uh, uh I get stagnant when I start having expectations and I don't meet, you know, instead of just enjoying myself today, instead of worrying about what tomorrow is. You know, everyone's worried about their finances. Everyone's worried about their relationships. Okay. How are you doing this second? And, 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 and that's it. And, and just take it from there. Right now, I'm fine. Right now with you, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. After this, I'm doing a show, you know, so uh, what's my problem? Yeah. I can't worry about tomorrow. One of my pet peeves is when I try to talk to people or get them to interview or whatever. They're like, well, I'm really busy. And i like, we're all busy. It's 2018. We're all busy. Yeah. Especially if you live in Hollywood or in LA. Like, we're all busy. Like, that, 
that cannot be your excuse for not. Just tell me you don't want to be on the show. That's really the truth. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Just tell me because you, you make yourself unbusy if it's if it's if it's a priority to yeah. you. And I realize that because of guests like you, that I'm like, hey, I really want you on the show. And then sometimes like, look, this is my stretch. Get. Yeah. We almost had it. We always had the music intro. Thank you, band. Um, they missed their cue. But then some people message me like, look, December is tight. Get me after January. And I'm on there in January. I'm like, I'm back. Right. <laughs> like, like Avon. <laughs> yeah, you're ready to buy now. Uh, and then some people like you, like, hey, look, this isn't a good date, but this is a good time. Can we work it out? So it makes all the other people that tell me, oh, I'm busy. I'm like, bullshit. Everybody has time. For of course it. you have Everybody time. Has time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's and, just their uh, way out of it. Um, so we're down to the third segment of the show. Nicely done. Um, Nicely done. It, it went really quick. And before I continue with some of the other questions, this is the, set, the part of the show where I ask my uh, guest to offer some words of wisdom to my listeners. Okay. So, Tommy Lama, uh, what words of wisdom do you have? On the road to life, you may hit a few bicyclists. The thing is to never look back. It's better to ask for forgiveness than file a police report. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> I, I, I was trying not to laugh during, during, it seemed very serious. I was like, oh, he's going to go there. And I was, okay, got it, got it. Um, I don't want to leave out your experience in life coaching. What got you there? What, what? Well, my life coaching happens on stage. Okay. Really. Uh, it's, uh, people, you know, coming to me, uh, uh, thank you. I just had, you know, uh, I'm surviving cancer, you know, thank you. Uh, going through chemo, whatever, you know, I needed that or I lost a child. Thank you for giving me this few moments of release. So it's really, so, uh, my practitioner is on this stage. It's on, you know, it's on this stage and, uh, and, and it really is effective for the ones that don't hate me. It's awesome. Really? The that's, one, that's a good sign. Yeah. The it's ones that I'm really, yeah, it's a very effective for those. It's hard to get through who people who, who not, you. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. they test you, I, I can't break through. <laughs> Maybe they should come again. Try, you know, they're just losers. It's, <laughs> you know? Their, it's their fault. Um, some of the questions that I have before the show ends, um, in your in your life book, in your biography, what's the first line of the book? Let's start at the beginning. Um, wow. I don't, let's see the beginning. I think it's just a blank page. I think wow. it's a blank page. It's a choose, I, I, I would say choose your, choose your own adventure. Really. Choose your own adventure. And I've been choosing my own adventures and I, I, I don't even know if I'm picking the best choices. Maybe I, I think I'm not even picking the worst choices. I'm picking like probably the middle ones, you know, like, you know, the ones that last three more pages as opposed to the, you know, in the choose your own adventure book. But this choose your own adventure. That's, that's a good start. Yeah. Choose your that's own adventure. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Now we have been talking about like everything happens for a reason, but there are always those opportunities that, that knocked on our door. And we just didn't acknowledge it. No, I, and I've blown opportunities. Well, I've blown opportunities. I've, uh, I've, I've been offered, uh, 
to have my own Netflix special or whatever. And, and I turned it down because I wanted to focus on vague, like, like, create, like, like bad choice. Like sometimes it's not good, not, not clear thinking. But there was a silver lining. My, I got better. I mean, the silver lining is that I'm better now than I was when I was approached. Because yeah. I believe that, although there that's are... That's the silver lining. Yeah, there, uh, there's been opportunities where I'm like, should I? And then I don't. And then I think back and I'm like, I wouldn't have, been, I wouldn't have appreciated the moment. Yeah. Or, or, or really taking it to that level. Like, there was a lot of opportunities that I had when I was uh, using... I was a crackhead for many years and an alcoholic and there's a lot of opportunities that were given to me and I was like, Ugh. but I got high that night and didn't end up doing it. But looking back now, I'm like, I would not, I would have blown up, like, I, I would have gotten rid of so many friendships and connections and uh, my credibility would probably would not be what it is now with people. So there, there's always that. And, and by the way, and that relationship could have turned sour. We yeah. don't know. She don't, don't know. See, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I can't turn back and find out. Um, like with the book, you could. You could re redo your story. But, but even to offer a book, what I mean, wouldn't it be genius to give somebody like, this is the story of my life, and you start like in page 10, and the first... And they turn to page 33. Yeah. <laughs> the first ones are blank, and they come with the back of colors. Like, here, I... Color my life. Like, I, anything you draw, yes. So, we don't know. What I'm saying is we don't know what was good or bad. So, where I got my health, and uh, I got another day. So, where, you know. Where are you now in your in your life, in your inner peace, in your centeredness? Well, as of this week, I'm centered. I recentered myself after I spoke to my spiritual facialist <laughs> my spirituality comes from the the uh you know the esoteric professions <laughs> that give me guidance as the mud mask yes as the, as the steam mask <laughs> and she's talking to me about you know it's my therapist my facialist is my therapist and uh, uh she's great by the way she's like uh i have to I, i'm gonna plug her but please, <laughs> okay. please. um I don't have a facial. She's at, uh, what's it called? Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me get the, no, no, let me get the name of the store. It's, I think it's Nails LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I don't, her name is, for a, a facial person right now. Yeah, so. her name is Sherry. Her, her name is Sherry. It's, uh, Sherry. Doesn't matter. All right, whatever. Who cares? Anyway, so. We'll get the information. Yeah. Cause everybody listening right now, they're going, who, where? So, by the way, her name is Sherry. Uh, Bizanis, and she's at, at, hold on. Hold on, folks, because we're going to, yeah, she's Sher about to get slammed with people. Sherry Bizanis. I'm going to tell you how special she is. She's a, she's 77 years old. She looks 50. Wow. I'm not joking. And she, she has all these products. That's the facialist you want in your corner. Yeah, she. You don't want a Sherry that's 25 and looks 50. Yeah, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> It's, uh, hold on. Ella, it's, let me, and she is at. Well, he's looking for those of you yeah. listening. We've been, uh, we're here with Tommy Lama. Uh, Google him. Uh, I'll put all the information as usual. You can find it on all the pages. But this is just proof for you guys. Here we go. Nails Bar LA of Beverly Hills. 
8322 Wilshire Boulevard. Nails Bar. At Nail Bar, L.A. of Beverly Hills. Her name is Sherry... Sherry... I know her name. I can't... What can I say? Bazan? Bazanis. She's 77... All right. She's energetic, and she gives me my spiritual talks. All right. <laughs> Sherry, if you're listening to this, um, we're about to plug you hard. That's not bad. Um, we're <laughs> we're going to promote you. We're going to promote you. So um, another thing that I like my guests to do on the show is, if you could name this episode, what would you name? Choose your own adventure. Why not stick with the theme that got us here? It's not broke. <laughs> Don't um, fix it. What do you want people to remember about you? That I'm lost. But when you're lost is when you're truly found. <laughs> because we're all lost. We don't know. No one controls their destiny. No one. I mean, you don't, you know, and what we, I think what you learn is that what appears bad is not, is, is your perception. We don't know. We don't know what could have been, would have been, should have been. And like I told you, I have regrets. I don't know what I'm. Then I, and then and then you're making me think. I had a good time on the road. I had like yeah. a special moment. I had and I, and I was excited, and I started to remember the crazy times. And then I said, "Wait a second, what, what, am I really regretful?" Because we don't know. So I think I think living in the moment, living just living in the moment, and and I think if you live in the moment, you can be content. Because there's so many people, and I see it in the Latino community, especially, I, I, I saw it in my mom, that she never truly learned how to say yes to life. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, we do, a lot of comedians don't do that. They cannot, they haven't made it, so they can't, they can't be happy. And they're depressed. Yeah. And they're miserable. And they will not, and then, and then they have their peers uh, making it, and it just, and it's a mirror to their face. I, I'm a failure. You know? So I think, yeah, it's it's expectations. And it's funny that you bring that up. I did uh, a video or something on Facebook, I'll look it up, but I went through this thing right before Christmas where I started to feel Jealous and a little bit of resentful about people. Uh, why is he being called to do this? Why is she? Yes, right. Hosting that. And this person's up. And on top of that, that person's a bad person. Yeah. And why are they being invited <laughs> right. to go do this presentation and not me? I've been busting my ass for so many years. But then the problem was I stopped for a minute. So I, I got sick. That's right. That's when I got food poisoning. I was, I was in bed pretty much for a week. And... People were rinsing. One of my pet peeves is people are like, well, the universe wants you to stop and smell the roses. And I'm like, fuck the universe because I'm puking over the roses right now. Yeah. So I'm with you. I, I realized <laughs> that the universe was actually telling me, you're going to be a little bitch about all this. We're going to really show you what it's not, what it, what it feels to not have the universe support behind you. You're going to be in bed, in bed sick, throwing up, pooping, not eating. And not working at all. Is that what you want? And I was like, no, put me back out there. Uh, not realizing that I had all these great opportunities in my hands. I was part of all these really great experiences. But because I was focusing on you and what you were doing, I was missing out on my own stuff. 
And not working on it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very relatable. <laughs> Very relatable. Share. No, there are, there are, look, there, I'll, I'll share with you. And, and, and I, and I, and I have, you know, there are comedians, and I hear the name, whatever, that I've helped, that sought me and, uh, helped. And then when you ask them a small favor, like, and I did a lot, like, there's a particular comedian I did a lot for. And I asked this particular comedian, and he, he is very successful. One of them. There's several of them. And some are very selfish people, and they won't even put you on their podcast or anything yeah. like that. They just forget. No, they're just blowing you up. Not even per. They just, they, you know, they're, you know. And so you experience anger, betrayal. Right. I was there, like, you know, and because why am I angry? Because expectation. Wait, full circle yeah, conversation. Yeah, expectation, because I expected the favor to be returned. Right. So, in, 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 in life, it's not going to happen all the time. Yeah. Just because you do for someone, and in, in, in the good way, and you ask them for a, a small piece of crumb... Okay, you know, whatever, breadcrumb, and they don't, that's what, it's just, it's insulting to the ego. And so I, I dealt with, uh, those characters. Yeah. And they're not nice people. They were not nice people. And there were people who even, you've helped and backstab you and tell club owners, I'm funnier than that person. Just book me, not him. Or, or I, I got that person into a club and then they backstab and tell the owner, you know, and do that. And the owner, how do I know? Because the owner tells me. Right. I'm that's friends with that's... the. I'm friends with the owner, dummy. That's funny. That's... <laughs> I'm friends with the owner, you dummies. We have very similar stories. So no, so no, so yes, so I relate to that because I don't mind someone's. I I just if I know them and I know they're not nice, it bothers me. That but you know what? I don't know what's real. You know, like you can have all the money in the world. Doesn't mean it does. Who knows what's going on behind the closed doors? Mm-hmm. So that's all. Yeah, and and for those of you listening, this is not a bitch fest. <laughs> We're not here doing our nails and complaining about people. It's just uh, there has to be a balance. The universe is about for me. It's about balance. There has to be tears and laughter and hard times and good times. Otherwise, it's not a full life. You can't go through life with everything just being rosy all the time. Because where's your experiences coming from? Well, and, and the naivete has to be knocked out of you. <laughs> you know, you can't yeah. live like a five-year-old and trust uh, all these strangers that the candy's going to be good to eat. Right. Don't that, get, and that's don't the problem. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Stop eating strangers' candy. <laughs> no, I, I had to learn. I kept, and until you learn your lesson, it doesn't, the lessons keep coming harder and harder. I'm writing that one down. Yeah. <laughs> If I knew that when I was a teenager, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have had to dance for my lunch money. Um, <laughs> at least it was the main stage. Um, we've got about five more minutes. Yes, to go. sir. Um, I, I just find you uber interesting. Thank you. I, 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 I tell people when they come on the show, I do stalk people. I do kind of like, what do they have to? What are they doing? Because you want people on the show to have a good image. But... I don't really research it, but you have blown me away with your energy. Well, thank you. Um, I, I, I've always believed that the message will come to me in the most unexpected forms. 
And sometimes I sit in front of people with the expectation of thinking where a conversation is going to go. And I tell my guests, don't expect anything. We don't know where it's going. Let's go with it. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I want to know the dirt. I want to get all Barbara Walters on your ass right now. And then people just surprise me. People just surprise me. Um, biggest surprise in your life? Getting Vegas? Yeah. How did that happen? Wow. Uh, wow. I mean, well, basically, I had an opportunity uh, to audition for the guy that was booking at the Tropicana. And I was at the Improv. So he came down to see me. And then I got a five o'clock show. And then, uh, but I never, I mean, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I was going to have a Vegas show. Uh, first night. It was terrible. Yeah? Terrible. Terrible. I mean, uh, it was terrible. It was, first night was a, uh, I think it was a pre-show, you know, uh, like, first, uh, uh, it was a pre-show and uh, maybe there was five, ten people, you know, like it was before it was really pushed, you know. And like a soft, yeah, open. soft, a soft open, yeah. right? And it, me by myself, you know, not without any open, you know, and just putting the show together, you know. So it was Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Did you give yourself a pep talk after? I brushed it off. I had a good friend that was there that supported me. He's no longer with us. And he was, don't listen, you know, Tommy, you go, you know, don't listen to these idiots, you know. And he was very supportive, my friend Mel. And uh, I brushed it off. I brushed it off like a big boy. You know, I brushed it off. I mean, I, military voices in your head. You know, yeah. I, listen, bombing, no, no comedian is stranger, is stranger, a stranger to bombing. And, 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 um, not, you know, and bombing in front of five people is no loss. If a tree falls in the forest, you know, <laughs> who cares? But no, it actually, uh, uh, bombing is a, a great thing to happen because that's when you really learn. You don't learn when things are going your way. You learn when you're challenged. Oh my God, I bombed. Why did I not connect? Yeah. And that's when the learning, that's when the hum, you're humble. Yeah. And that's when you can learn. It's not even walking with the tail between your legs. It's like in your pocket. <laughs> like, I don't, you don't even want to like. And then, and then you learn. Why didn't I connect with this audience and whatever? Or, or how, if I'm doing this show by myself an hour, wow. no warm up, how am I going to uh, uh, approach it? You know? Yeah. And do, you know, so you learn. Uh, and then, you know, it is what it is. Have you had the moment where you've been on stage and you go, this is, this is it. Like I've not that, not that you peaked, but you know we all have that one moment. Like I do presentations and public speaking, and there have been moments when I'm in the zone. Like I'm really like in the zone. Shit is coming out that I haven't said. It's come in the zone. Yeah, it's yeah. being in the zone. So it happens. That's 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 God. <laughs> that's when you. Those are special nights. Yeah, so when the, everything comes together. Have you had that moment where like you have your set? But all of a sudden, just things come up that are funny that you just had no clue you were going to say, and boom. Oh, absolutely. I, I one time did a whole show riffing. I couldn't really? believe it. Couldn't believe it, because that's not my style. I, I, I don't. That's not something I, I... No, not that I didn't know, a little bit, but, but I never did a whole show like that and crush it. Awesome. And I remember where it was. It was at the Laugh Shop in Calgary. I'll never forget. It was several years ago. And I just had them. 
take uh, doing a Q and A and just whatever, and I would answer them, giving them relationship advice. That's really awesome. Yeah, I I, th- I, I truly believe that when you, I do HIV/AIDS presentations in education, but when when I let go of the script for a little bit, and when I people are honestly invested in asking questions, it's like and and thing, and then luckily I record some of them, so I go back and I'm like. That come from like I've never said that in my life, but there it is. It's 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 such a beautiful moment. Um, do you have dreams still of where you want to be, where you want to stand, stages you want to be on, people you want to work with? Yes, I want to uh, get into TV. So I want to do some acting. Cool. Yeah, that's what I want to do. It could be stage acting, but I want to do that. That's what. Yeah. So yes, that's what I'd like to do. Well, if you need a little Mexican in your yeah yeah yeah, yeah you yeah, want to write one in there uh, yeah I know somebody yeah I can call them cool so uh, the last thing before we leave um, for those of you for those of us who are, are just dipping our toes into stand up comedy what yeah. what advice do you have now, okay I'll, yeah I'll, no. I'll take clear for me what advice would you have all right you got to get up at least f- I don't know how long you've been doing it I don't know how long have you been doing it I, just last year in November okay. So, you have to get up at least five times a week. Okay. Okay? And a lot of people say, well, I'd rather write. Than, no, writing does never, never surpasses stage time. Stage time is gold. It's valuable. That's why you see all these comics getting up, doing several sets a night. Keeps you fresh. It's like going to the gym. Um. So, you know, a lot of comics, well, I'd rather use that time to write. It, you need to get that comfortability on stage because being on stage is an uncomfortable act. It's an unnatural act. No one in real life is going on the stage and conversing with people in their day-to-day life. So you're in an unnatural setting. And the only way to make it as natural as possible is by getting on stage a lot. Okay. And then there's a... Sub- and, and time... Time seasons you like wine, you know, you, by you doing, by the process of doing, and you going up there, it makes you more confident, the nerves uh, get lessened, or you can, can control your nerves, depending on who you are, you know, everyone is different, and it's repetition, 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 now, well, Tommy, repetition is boring, and Know it like the back of your hand, and then you could start doing, you know, once you have it down, you can't get lost. You have your, your, your grounded. If you're just going up there every night doing a new material, you'll never know its consistency, how it works. Never. Doing a set of, you know, so I believe in working, and then taking your act, perfect, let's say whatever it is, and then probably you're going to find, you know what, I don't like this act. You know, and you evolve, you throw it away. You, you, you're going to throw, the first few, you, you, all the acts are going to get thrown out anyway. Eventually you're just going to evolve. It, it's training wheels. It's sandcastle time play. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Because uh, I have the stage, I'm used to being on a stage talking to people. Right, and that, right, okay. Because I talk about my life right. all the time. But mastery of your words, mastery of your material. The back of your hand, the timing is there. Yeah. You could know how to, you know, make it uh, the illusion that it's coming off your mouth the first time. Because from the very first time that I sat on stage to tell my 
my story about HIV and growing up and my family. I didn't want to be the same sober stories that I heard everybody else say. I was diagnosed. I was like, no, we're going to make this fun. I want people to laugh because people will remember what they heard when they were laughing. It's true. They will always remember. And I've had people. It's an imprint. One of the greatest, um, I guess, this girl started off in a community college. No, she started off in a high school here in Irvine. She saw me present. She went on to community college. She, she took two classes where I presented. She went on to UCI, saw me three times in three different classes, graduated, came back to teach and called me. She says, I remember you from teaching. Wow. I want you to come and teach my class. And I'm like, what are you teaching? She's like, Spanish. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? She's like, I just wanted to hear your story. And I was like, fuck. So the best compliment that I ever got was somebody saying, I remember every time you laughed at your life, it made me realize that me breaking up with my boyfriend was not the hardest thing in life. Like, whatever, dude. So that was the one. So I think for me, not that I'm, oh my God, comedy is so easy. But I think the transition into it was like, oh yeah, I want to do this. Like, I just want to, like you said, just put it, make it tight, put it together and make it work. So um, I had one more thing. Oh yes. uh, One thing I forgot to ask. If you go back and talk to Tommy before he signs up for for college to be a lawyer, what would you tell him? Uh, I, I would tell. Well, you know, see, do I have the? Am I allowed to have the knowledge I have yes, now? Yes, tell me now. So I have the knowledge. Yes, tell me you right now, sitting in front of me. We're we're going on a time capsule to nineteen. Well, I, I'm stuck between two choices now. <laughs> I'm still stuck. Uh, Two paths I would have done, uh, knowing what I know now. I would have not gone to law school and fully immersed in stand-up or focus acting. Or in in combination. So poor Tommy, young Tommy there is standing there before I would say no law school. I would have stopped the law school and... But... But knowing that I have the knowledge now, so but that's then I didn't know I could do stand up. So you know, and I had to go through law school, and I had to go through the military to find that out. So we're not stopping him from doing what he's going to do. Right, we're just giving him words of wisdom. Right, to save some steps. Uh, Right. No, I wouldn't change. No, no, I I, uh, enjoy it. I yeah, yes, I wouldn't have. No, I would have. To implanted the knowledge what I need to do without going through the law school in the Marine Corps. <laughs> Let's skip. We don't need to do that. <laughs> you're, fu- you're like you're already funny, dude. Yeah, Let's yeah. Skip all that. Let's skip it. Let's get to it. Yeah, I, that, yeah, I would have saved myself a lot of time. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm. I'm and started earlier. I'm sure glad that you did not not skip any of that and you went through it. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Rand. I, Same I, here. I hope we get a chance to do a second episode. Sure, absolutely. I'll, I'll hit you up next time I'm in the, in, in the region. Um, I'll treat you to some tacos and done. maybe we'll go get a face show together. Done. Yeah, I'll introduce you to her. She's fascinating. That would, that would be By the way, she'd make a great guest for you. Cook, hook me up? Yeah. Hook me up. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you her number. Uh, but it would be awesome to go have a, a little facial time. Done. Yeah, we'll do a facial. facial and we'll a do it together. Yeah. She'll do it. It'll be great. Uh, well, great. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've only done facials with my boyfriend, so I'd be kind of like cheating, but I'm mm. up for it. Yeah. Well, you got everything documented. <laughs> got everything documented. Yes, the, the, the clothes stayed on, honey. The clothes stayed on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the things that you can't see behind the camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But thank you. I, I, I feel like I want to keep talking, but I know you have things to do, and I, I need to get back. I'm actually home. doing the show for cancer patients tonight. Are you serious? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about that after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that. It's in uh, Westlake. Yeah, oh, so that's man. where. So right after that, I'm just heading out there. To be able to go. Um, for everybody listening, I have had. I know you guys are probably over because I say it every time. Like, this has been one of my favorite conversations, Tommy Lama on the show. But there's a reason why I pick my guests. It's because I want to be inspired. I want to be motivated. I want you guys to go on this journey with me. It's not just about the conversation. It's about what we get at the end of the conversation. And not only did I get some awesome uh, stand-up comedy, because I'm going to be at the Ice House again in February. I got an invitation to awesome, go do Awesome, awesome. So I need, I need to work on my setup for that. And I'll, I'll ask you afterwards. Sure. And... Um, I hear these amazing stories that just motivate me. They, they make me realize that just like you and, and, and comedy, I have a microphone and I need to use it for the best and make sure that people get it. I don't, how do I get homelessly? Hallmark, sounds like a Hallmark movie right now. Um, anyway, get it together, Garza. Uh, for everybody listening, Tommy Lama has been my guest today. Awesome show. Please share this. Uh, thank my producer, Mr. T- uh, <laughs> See, I can't remember my facialist. I don't, I, I don't begrudge you. You can't remember your producer. He's going to laugh at you. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kevin Moyers, thank you for your support. Uh, for everybody listening, please follow us on... Oh, no, gosh, shit. I'm going to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Go check out the pages. pages. I just did the 2019 uh, makeover for all my pages. I, I think they look pretty cool. Uh, if you have not done the better you workshop go check it out i have the page up available now so go to facebook better you workshop uh remember every one of them is unique you'll always get a different answer and if you want to host uh if you want me to host private sessions give me a call and uh we will talk about donations it's 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 going really great i really really hope you guys enjoy them uh for now thank you again for being on the show namaste everybody out there this is daniel garza saying hey Put it together. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. Subscribe to Put It Together on iTunes, Stitcher, and at abnormalentertainment.com slash put it together. Find Put It Together on Facebook and tweet Daniel at Lil Mexican, L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N. And for more podcasts, comics, books, movies, and more, head to abnormalentertainment.com. You've been listening to the Abnormal Entertainment Network.